about what I'm doing, but, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll get used to this podcasting stuff. We're very, we're unqualified, you should should know. But we have opinions, and the one thing the internet needs is another pair of nerds with opinions. We do, yeah, that's what they need. The basis of what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing, hopefully, if all goes well. Fingers crossed. A new film or a new TV show every week. We're going to be talking about it, giving our opinions in our Flick of the Week section. Each of us are going to have a little bit of a, a rant about something. I don't know what. It'll, um, you know, it, what does it do? It um, vents our frustrations. Or, or praises it. This week, for example, I'll be talking about The Mandalorian and its VFX, how it's going to change the game, and why John Favreau is pushing for it. And Alex will be ranting about, what, what are you going to be ranting about? I'm going to talk about stupid YouTube videos, which compilate... Like compilations of key moments in series and how I hate them. Yes, like the the twelfth Doctor being iconic for so many minutes straight. It's a big problem. Yeah, it's 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 content thievery at its finest. Um, and then we'll be doing <laughs> our we'll be doing our little segment we like to call Hollywood Headlines, where we talk about anything show business, geek news, superhero sci fi, just anything. It's not it's not up to date. We should point out because. We don't record this live. Oh yes, but luckily with this whole this whole quarantine stuff, it's it's a slow. It's a, it's going to be a slow new year, new news year, not new year, news year. We picked the wrong time to uh, do a podcast. <laughs> we picked both the wrong time and the right time because everyone's going to be doing them. But what are you going to do? Speaking of quarantine, we are safely quarantined. We are not in the same room. Yeah, we're not in the same room. We're 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 apart by at least six feet. <laughs> it's it's been weird. It's a weird world. Anyway, The Godfather. That's what we're talking about this today. Yes. <laughs> of course. Let's stop rambling. The The Godfather, that's what we're talking about. We're going we're going in big with our first film. <laughs> yeah. What people consider the greatest film. One of the greatest. One of I mean, the greatest. is it is it uh, I think was it IMDB that said it's the greatest film of all time? Something like that. Well, it's like people say. People either say the Godfather, or the Godfather Part Two. I mean, for me, that's the Godfather. I mean, I've got, I've got some opinions on Part Two, but that's next episode. That's true. Um, so I, 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 I love this movie. Uh, it's my second favorite movie, right after Star Wars. That's like Star Wars is, is. I don't think it'll ever be beaten by anything. But yeah, so. Outside of Star Wars, the original trilogy, this is my favorite movie. I mean, in my household, we've got it on VHS, we've got it on DVD, we've got it on Blu-ray. I mean, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if I went digging in the attic and found a laser disc or on vinyl, just an audio version of The Godfather. That'd be good. Yeah, we've. I think we own like two copies of the book. It's it's a good story. Um, Alex, on the other hand, oh. I had to, I had to push it 
I had to get my DVD box set and push it through the window. Well, because I don't have it, but I have seen it. I think it was that same DVD that you lent me. I watched it. I was just completely engrossed. That was an experience. Just like sneaking up and pushing the Godfather 3 window. All, th- all three of them. But this first one, I think this is my favorite of the ones I've seen. I haven't seen three. So. Well, neither have I. We're, when we get to three, that'll be our first viewing of that. So that'll be like different anyway. But yeah, for me, Godfather is like, I just love it. But it's not my favorite of Ford Coppola film oh. from what I've watched. I prefer Apocalypse Now, if I'm honest. I have, I have, I have to admit, I have not seen it. I have not seen that. So I, I would not be able to compare it. But I know that for me, it'll be hard to beat. Um, so I guess we'll start from the start with that opening, that iconic line, that Shakespearean opening with Marlon Brando. And yeah, and that guy, I believe in America. Oh, when you hear those words, you you know that you're in for a good movie. This, I think, the whole uh, opening is just perfect. It sets everything up. The 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 lighting, it feel it feels you could you get it straight away. This man, the way he talks, to this man, he's respected, but he's in, in he's feared, but he's fair. The way he talks, you just the dialogue is so perfect. It sort of sets everything up for the what's to come. And you sort of get, because of the, I think the lighting also, but I want to talk about that, because that, it perfectly represents the mafia way of life. Mm, it's like a dark, seedy underworld. Everything's, everything's always in the shadows, and that's what Marlon Brando is, or, you know, Vito Corleone, when he's in, he's, he's presented in shadow the, for the good, like, mm. first five minutes. Well, I, I interpreted it as this party outside, it's very bright and happy, they're all shaking hands. They're all having a great time. Everyone's fully, fully lit. That's what it's because it's all outside. Exactly. It's all to me. I see it as the the facade of the mafia, the 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 ideal, the the kind of the face they put on versus the real seedy underworld. And he's going between the party and he's going between his office and he's 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 shaking hands and and putting on a kind of a you know a show for people while he slowly in the darkness does all these dodgy dealings it speaks to that two-faced nature yeah because when michael's first introduced Kay's like sort of in awe of everything the big wedding all these people michael tells the story of how the don went to this guy's this studio head and just put a gun (laughs) to him and was so casual and said an offer he can't refuse make an offer he can't refuse and that has so much like like, oh my God, this guy's mental. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a side to him that's very fair. There's a side to him that's respected, but there's also a side to him that you just don't want to see. You never want to see. You never want to witness. He's, he's kind of, it's a weird, he's not a Scarface character. He's, and he's not even a Michael Corleone character. He's not unstable. He just knows what to do. And he does it with this sophistication. Like he's so sure of himself. He's very complex because you can feel a lot of sympathy for him. Especially yeah. in the second half of the film, well, like later on towards the end of the film, and you also feel a lot of respect for him. But then when you look at it, it's like, why is he like he? This guy is actually very like he's very evil. So, yeah. you know. I mean, the way I kind of by the time jumping ahead a bit, by the time he's gone, 
when he dies yeah later on in oh, the movie <laughs> probably to say spoilers if you haven't seen the spoilers. godfather i mean if you um, if you haven't seen it why are you why listening you? to why are you listening to this um <laughs> the it's one of the few movies where you feel bad and you feel sadness at the death of this horrible man <laughs> this murderer I mean, this, a lot of films do that killer. because a lot of films have protagonists who are very charismatic or very. He is charismatic in a way. He's not like traditionally charismatic, but and but they actually are, you know, nutcases or stuff like that. It's like <laughs> it's like Wolf of Wall Street. The guy in that he might be hilarious or whatever, but he's a horrible guy. Yeah, or you know, Breaking Bad. Walter White is just a horrible person. Well, he turns into a horrible person, but people are like, oh my God, he's the best. It's just like, I'd say with, with those characters, there's part of you that wants to like them because of how they're portrayed. Part of you wants to like them because they're the protagonist and, you know, society is sort of programmed people to. But even with this movie, it's, it's almost beyond that in this movie, in yeah. my view, because he, you, you see him compared to all the other mafia all the the kind of all the all the dark underworld seedy crime bosses and he seems reasonable he's the most reasonable people. too because you've got the guy who is sort of the villain of the film who michael kills in the restaurant he's like you know the the classic gangster mm. he's like he's heartless he kills um that you know the guy who gets strangled yeah the one um what's it luca what's luca brazzi luca brazzi luca brazzi yeah brassy yeah brassy or whatever <laughs> we can't pronounce all these names apologies if you're um italian <laughs> we we apologize to the entire country of italy for the mispronunciation yes. of everything and sicily and sicily as well we apologize and um new york as well because Oh yes, that's yes. where it's set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so because like, and then when he meets with the five families, like in the mm. other, towards the end as well, he's like very reasonable. He, yeah, he doesn't want revenge. He's not angry. He he just wants to. He just wants. He's very. He's he's a man of business. He's the definition of, you know, it's just business. Yeah. He just does it. He doesn't take anything personally. He's he moves on, and. Part of me respects that character for that. But anyway, in this first scene... Oh, yeah, we were talking about the opening, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got this cat, which apparently he just found on the oh, yeah. on set, on the way to set, apparently. Yeah, that was quite It was just on the, the studio lot, and he just went, yeah. I'm on this he cat. seems to have an affinity for animals. Yeah, Marley. Because <laughs> he has, like, later on in the film, he has a scene with the fish. He's playing with the fish. like, okay... It's just the soft side of, of the dawn. We never see that cat ever again. It's not walking nope. around the house. Just just disappears. No one else is holding it. It's just, just there. Brando's like, I've heard this cat. It's <laughs> mine now. Thank you. <laughs> that was not you a great impression. You don't mess with the fairy. <laughs> it's not a great impression. We need more it's not. cotton buds in our mouth. But yeah, he's um, odd. Anyway, so this dialogue, this opening scene in the in the book is great groundwork. The book is just but Coppola builds on it so well. He translates it to screen so well. Is, um, it, is it quite like verbatim, like word for eh, word, not word for word, but like? I mean, obviously, it's shortened and yeah. kind of. I meant like more so like 
is it still the same like atmosphere created? I've not read the book, so I don't. Yeah, know. I'd say it's it's kind of not not as descriptive, but it's it's very yeah. It's it's it, you can definitely see this heavy inspiration because the author of the book was the screen co screenwriter. So he sort of this the guy. So he would obviously have like a great gelling of you know cinematic language with the director and the writer Ford Coppola and the guy who wrote the original book. Um, next scene, the, the party it's shot to me and, and they mentioned this in behind the scenes, kind of the, the bonus DVD I was watching it and it, and they brought up a good point. It's shot like a documentary. It's, yeah. Cause it's quite far out. Yeah. It's, there's no clo- There's not many close-ups in the shot. The only close-ups are when people are sat, together yeah and they kind of focus on these individuals and what they're doing it's like someone's coming with a camera and like trying to find all these personalities yeah it's interesting so walter merch is a edit famous editor and sound editor who worked on mm. he was the sound editor on the godfather and loads of like george early early george lucas and early francis Ford coppola films i mean if you just like like cinema and cinema history you probably know who he is but he made this technique worldizing for THX one one three eight, right? Mm. And he took this and applied it to the Godfather. So what he does is he records. So the music you can hear the music in the scene. Yeah. So he record that live, and then he found the original recording, and then he takes both tracks and he merges them. Oh. So then, so he merges them, so then it sounds like so it's more fuller for the for a cinema like surround sound stuff yeah but it still has like the environmental effect like kind of echoey and then like you'll notice when like they're further away from the band it's quieter and if they're closer it's louder so what he did was just he just is like lowers the gain increases or lowers the gain and it creates this great effect because like you can still have the music playing even if people are talking and they're there you can hear them clearly but you can still hear the music because it's yeah it's just a great effect that's like that's just with with digital it's like you just literally just drag it in it's like done Mm. but this you had to there's so much work that's great this makes it great i mean i know that during the scene coppola kind of you can see he 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 has an italian like ancestry yeah and this scene is is um very apparently is very relatable to Italian families and even to just any family. You, this family gathering is, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's presented so well. It's yeah. From what I can tell, like, I don't know. I think, I don't know for sure, but because it's an Italian family, Italian family do all this stuff and it's always focused. And it's like, mm. like I would never dream in a thousand years of having a wedding this big <laughs> and it's like does he have this for every one of his children can you imagine probably i mean they're, I mean, they're very rich but like yeah there's just so much going on there's so much going on there's so many subtle details that he put in that he directed in that the uh, and he's a, he's an he's an eye for detail isn't he yeah he he kind of it's all everything's there they're all doing something that's relevant that feels real i mean he said like this i called it warts and all there's there's even mistakes in there 
or little trip ups that he just kept in because that made it more believable. Like when the old man singing on the microphone and his false teeth fall out. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's an old man stood on the stage and he starts singing and his old and his false teeth fall out to his mouth. I remember an old guy singing. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and then pops them back in. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's so weird, but it it makes it feel real. It's and it, there's quite a lot of comedy in this scene. Kind of, it's very light. You know, it's probably the most light-hearted part of the film. Yeah, I mean, the you've got the guy rehearsing his lines outside. Don Corleone. That was. Um, I'm honored to be in your family. That was. That's Luca Brazzi, who was old fish boy, sleepy with the fishes. That was improvised. I f- I found out. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Because the guy was. That it wasn't. It was improvised to an extent because the guy in real life was very nervous about <laughs> um, having a scene with Marlon Brando. Oh. So he went. So then, like, I think offset, they found him like rehearsing his lines, and he said, "Do that," and he went, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you've also got um, the Don's impression when Johnny Fontaine comes in. That again, there's light-hearted like comedy. Yeah, there. like he, he's sort of like when <laughs> like what's, what's the matter with you? Like he goes loud. Like he's normally yeah. very quiet and subdued, and then like he, he just like I mean, slaps he basically him. Yeah, he loses it. <laughs> uh, it's why don't you be a man or something like that? He says like why don't you be a man? Slap. So yeah, this this whole scene just feels real. The the, the way it's presented, the, the 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 contrast between the office and the party, it perfectly sets up everyone. Yeah, I know we're focusing. We've been focusing on the Don, but we could just the, like the star of this scene, like um, Tom, like Tom, yeah, who's the the lawyer and the the right hand man, yeah, the adopted son as well. He's like, you see, he's like the straight laced one. You see, um, Sonny. He's a because he smashes that camera, and you see he's more hot-headed. And you see, yeah, him, he's he's off messing around, and, messing around with that with like someone who's not his wife. Yeah, and then it's like, and then ooh. yeah, all these characters. And then you got Michael, who's just not interested. He Michael, doesn't want to be a Michael part comes of it. in, and they set him up purposefully to go. This isn't me, and he literally. I think he he definitely says like, "That's my family, mm. not me." And then by the end of the film, it is him. So yeah. Kind of got this clever <clears throat> exposition between um, him and is it Kay? Kate? Yeah, Kay um, is a she, his girlfriend. He's kind of explaining his family to her. So it's again, it's explaining to the viewers. It's clever she's, she's exposition. She's the fish there. out of water. Yeah, so she's sort of she's natural. at this point she's the viewer in a way. She's being introduced. Yeah, to she's, all of she's the audience. But yeah, these strong characters that you're introduced to tom who's most like the don he's you know he's not his real son but he wants it's almost like he wants to prove himself and i think he has you proved know, himself yeah. that's why he's trusted so much then you got fredo who's just drinking and like he's drunk stumbling around well, for, it's for, I, I forgot fredo was in this is he in this scene because i didn't notice him yeah he, he stumbles over to michael and he's like oh, michael, yeah because yeah, he's he's off his face isn't he yeah, and then Sonny's out messing around. So you get all this established. The the sons are very different. You got the irresponsible ones, the incompetent one, the yeah, the the one who's who's level headed and gets things done. The one who just doesn't want this life. It's it's you know it's it's a clever way of setting these things up in a party, whether in front of people where they can do these things. It's a clever place to 
to establish them. And then and they're in their own house. So they're, they're definitely themselves. Yeah. They're with family, friends and family. So they'll be themselves. They're not putting on a facade mm. or anything. They are. So it's like, this is a perfect setup, isn't it, really? Yeah. Then, moving on to the next scene. Are we going scene by scene? Well, kind of key scene, but key I think scene. this one's kind of a, another another is it a, this is another key scene yeah it's the the horse in the head the horse head in the bed scene i was gonna i was gonna bring when we we're talking about um the don and how he can be he is just like insane not in not in yeah. 70s he's, he's a bad guy like he's a beer <laughs> this, this is sort of like proof like he puts he cuts this a horse's head off and puts it in this guy just so <laughs> this guy can do a movie it's insane. And he's not uh, even there. Crazy. He just tells people to do it. But you've got this this old man. He's just lying in bed. It was quite funny. He's got an Oscar on his bedside table. <laughs> <Did he>? Yeah. <laughs> just there. Yeah, he's just got an Oscar on his bedside oh. table. It's quite funny. Um, in his silk, then, silk bed. Yeah, and then the mafia, the, the theme song of the of the movie creeps up, but it kind of turns into this twisted horror thing as he as as he pulls the covers off and he's bleeding or he sees blood and he doesn't know what's going on. And then we, we build up to just a horse's head. Could it be like, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, he's probably like, oh my God, I'm dead. What's happened? I'm covered in blood. This is terrifying. And then the way it like, it's a weird scream as well. It's sort of an unsettling scream. Yeah. It's not just like a like a continuous thing. He like keeps having to take a breath. It's like he's screaming and gasping at the same time. Like he's he's lost all the air's all been sucked out of his lungs. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just so like. So I think between this scene and the party scene, we get perfect kind of intro to these people. We get a setup of the family who they are and then this the next scene with the horse and the head in the bed that's the the establish of how they do business what, what they can do how they how they yeah their morals their their limits yeah so we've got the establishing of the family and their ethics and so it's kind of a nice little parcel tied together of an introduction so yeah just perfect that's that's that part it's a great little introduction this is going to be a us com- complimenting the film, isn't it, for an, like an hour? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Some films deserve it. Um, I mean, the next big thing that happens is Brassy being murdered in the bar. I That's, um, love this. Can I just say, I love the way they do violence in this film. Yeah, it's, they, not, they, they it's always, not over the top. They always cut the music and just focus on it. They don't like, mm. like in modern action films, you'll have like, two guys fighting and they'll be cutting all over the place. Every punch is an, a cut to another camera angle. Mm. It's not just like, I don't understand like, like old Kung Fu movies had a wide shot yeah, and you would just see like Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan fighting 20 guys that they choreographed perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit different in, in a film like this, but what they do is they, like you see that guy's eyes bulging out and it's just completely quiet apart from his like, gasping and it makes it all the more effective yeah it's a very real depiction of this violence it's not it's not made to be glamorous it's not glamorous and it's not made to be overly horrific it's just it's just real it makes it's, you it makes you watch for me at least it made me like go oh my eyes widen and go oh my god what's going on now yeah it almost makes it more impactful I and mean, he's not running around the room screaming bleeding everywhere 
doing he's kung not, fu, he's fighting not, he's off anyone. Like, he's just because he's a big guy. Yeah. Like in maybe in a a lesser film, he would like grab someone by the head, slam them into, and like fight back. But it's just real. It is like if you're if you're like stabbed and then strangled to death, you won't you wouldn't really move. Would well, you? he can't. I mean, he flipping stabbed his hand into the desk. I mean, that's brutal. I mean, you can see the guy. He goes in to talk to him, and the 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 kind of the fake waiter glances over Bressy's shoulder. Yeah, you know something's up at that point. He's, it's like he's trying to make contact to someone behind him, and then it all goes down. And you're like, oh, this is it's 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 a yeah, it's a very tense scene. I mean, you got the contrast of Michael. He's doing his Christmas shopping. Well, this is all going on again. Oh, it's yeah. that he doesn't want this life. He's he's just out Christmas shopping. Everyone's doing the Christmas shopping. The Don is buying fresh fruit. Yeah, or is that later on? Because then he gets shot. Yeah, that's later on, I think. But Michael's just doing his shopping, and he's having this normal life. And you got it contrasting to this cut between this murder, this assassination going on, and then Michael just shopping for fruit. It's or not fruit, Christmas presents. That's the Don, but it's that contrast. Yeah, it's that it's further building. Like this is their life. This is Michael's life. He doesn't want this. This is separate. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of groundwork for the second movie in that portrayal of Michael, because we see him slowly descend into this. When we get onto this, the Sicily bit, I've got some stuff to say about that. Oh yeah, that's when it. That's when it goes like that's his. His downfall, in a way. Because we've... I don't want to get ahead of it, but we've said... I think both of us agreed when we first watched it. The Sicily bit was a bit, like... I think it it's necessary, but it it just went on a bit too long for me. But... I I was like... When I first watched it, I, th- I was like, eh, is that really necessary? But now... Mm. Now I've seen this one and the second one, and I've re-watched the first one. I, I now see, like, oh, it does make... It is necessary, and it does make a lot more sense mm, once you have the yeah. full picture. Yeah. Um, then we get the Don. I mean, it's just the Don being shot. You think he, you think he's gone already, and you get that see that emotion of oh god, we just got to see this awesome character. He's been built up so well, and he's and gone. It's, it's really, it's really impressive because he's not, he's not in it that much. Yeah. For a three-hour film, he's not in it. He's taken out a commission for like, yeah, like the, the good, like the whole like chunk of a big chunk of it, and even then he he's not in it that much. Like, it's like Leia in the Last Jedi, she's just gone. She's just not there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like, but still yeah. has the impact. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's you know too much of a good thing in a way. You you anticipate every time he's on screen, you want him to pull through. You want him to come back. You want him to to you know you want him to survive that's again it's the they establish this great character and then they gun him down brutally and you're like no it creates this connection you feel almost you feel that pain the tension of the family because you want this character to pull through so you can see more of him it's really tense as well because you don't they don't you don't see him being rushed to hospital you just see Fredo crying and cradling and then these people I mean, gosh dang it Fredo I hate Fredo he fumbled the gun he, he got the gun out and like fell out of his hand. Fell out of his hand, and then he's, what, he's, what annoyed, so what annoyed me was Fredo's there, like going dad, dad, and I was like, oh god, poor Fredo. And then like through like 
six other people just come and look at him. They don't like go, oh my God, call <laughs> the police. Him. Or call the ambulance or something. Fredo's not even calling anyone. He's just there like, well, I, can, no. I can understand why Fredo wouldn't run to a payphone yeah. or whatever. And, you know, dial nine. <laughs> is it nine one nine one one? It's America. Yeah. <laughs> but then, and then like, and then I think it doesn't cut back to Michael and he's just like having a, Whale the time with Kay by doing his Christmas shopping. And then news move fast. I mean, he's in the newspaper the next second, like, this guy's dead. Yeah, like, how long? I don't understand, like... But anyway. How long has Michael been Christmas shopping? How long has Michael been Christmas shopping? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know it can feel like forever, but good Lord. Um, I mean, the Don... First of all, he took five bullets. I counted them. Five bullets. And they say in this the film, five, like, five shots. And everyone in the film's like, yeah, five shots? How is this guy still alive? And it's I like, mean, later on, Sonny, he gets gunned down by Tommy guns, and he's, why is it with people in this family being resistant to bullets? He's still it breathing. Takes like 100, yeah, it takes about a hundred before when, he actually when like, Sonny is, keels over. <laughs> when Sonny is lying there and it's a wide shot and you see the, the following car coming down mm. the road you can still see him breathing like in and out i was like is that just like yeah. is that just like was that intentional it's funny because he's I like know, he's covered in bullets. he doesn't fall yeah like it takes at least 50 to make him like fall over and die oh it's just <laughs> to me the don this him he we see him go to a meeting about well, the reason he's shot down, first of all, is because he went to this meeting. He denies getting involved in like in drugs, which is understandable. Yeah. And to me, he represents the last of the, the truly, I don't know if you call it honorable, but in the sense of the word, you know, honorable mafia people, they're not unnecessarily gunning down people. They're not selling drugs. They're not getting involved in gambling. He's, you know, yeah, he's he's very a, much a dying breed. He's a di- yeah, he's an honourable criminal in some ways. Because now everyone's like at the time of the, the the story, people like his son Sonny, the more hot headed, like violent individuals who like just want to go. Where's my money? I'll like throw. He <laughs> doesn't eat like when he. When he like he throws a bin over his brother in law's head, <laughs> that seems great. That's amazing. He, he actually misses one of the hits. It's hilarious. You can just, clearly I, see. I will. He misses one so clearly, and it's hilarious. But, but they, still the guy, the, like, they still put the sound effect in. Like, I, yeah, I, the I, guy like retorts. It's hilarious. Anyway, but yeah, the Don is very much a, like a dying breed. He's very. Yeah. Yeah, there's this new age being ushered in of drugs, gambling, unnecessary violence. They're all going to Vegas. They're all getting into these narcotics. Well, no, because he still he still does gambling. Yeah, because that's just like that's been like there since the start. And gambling's not as definitely not as bad as as you know. Well, yeah, it's kind of he's the last of his kind. He's more respectful. He's more honourable, and that that's starting to get lost. Yeah, and then I think that. That's then bookended with the five families meeting at the end of the film. Mm, yeah, it's like I'm because I think, he almost steps down because then he He's, steps down after that scene, and it's sort of like yeah. well, I can't. Do and he anything. goes full like old man mode. He gets a cardigan. <laughs> he, <laughs> he gets, gets a cardigan. Yeah, he just he, he really leans into this whole retirement thing. Um, <laughs> he re- and then he goes a bit like you because f- like clearly like he's 
barely strung together because of those five gunshot wounds. Like it's a miracle he's even standing. Yeah. And you know, you can tell it's taken a toll on him because after it, he's not the same. He's kind of, when he goes to his meetings, he goes to the, he sees the funeral guy. I believe in America, that guy. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he has that presence. He comes out the shadows. He takes his hat off. He's got that presence, but underneath that presence, he, you can see he's just tired and he's done and he's sad and he's had enough. Yeah. So he's holding this. He's almost like he's desperately trying to hold this personality together in front of people. He's trying to hold, hold the image of himself. Yeah. He only wants to do is go and sit in his garden with his grandson and put pieces of orange in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do the cause heart no. attacks and then he dies. Yeah. Oh, that's maybe such, he was just allergic to orange. That was tragic, but we'll get to that. Oh. That's such a it's a sad scene. It is, um, but yeah, he's from that point on, from his recovery, you can tell he's ill. You can tell he's had enough. You can tell his heart's not he in looks, there anymore. He looks thinner. I don't know if the, it's the way they filmed him. He looks maybe. a bit like he looks like a lot. Well, more he, he holds himself worse. He, he's not stood up straight. He, he kind of. He, just Brando's performance is so powerful. Cause, I don't know how old he was when he. Fit when this was made, he must have been in his. I imagine he was in his fifties, sixties. Yeah, late maybe late forties. I don't know. Yeah, he was. He died only in, in like two. When did he die? I don't know. Um, Leave a comment if you can tell <laughs> us. <laughs> but just the way he he holds himself and he portrays that he's so perfectly able to portray that he's trying to hold up this businessman front, and he and he's struggling. I mean, when he finds out that Sonny's dead, he's. Oh, that's he, just he's, he's holding back tears but he's just like get on the phone we need to sort this out it's business first it's not personal but you can tell that he's just had enough the massacred my boy line the massacred my boy is so it's just great the don is just great yeah and i think we've we've spoken enough about him this is just the don cast the don cast <laughs> no don i think we should move on i think we should move on to michael yes um because his, well, his story doesn't really pick up until when he when they plan to kill the police captain, yeah, the the cafe scene, the restaurant scene, yeah, which is probably one of my favorites. For me, his story starts to pick up when he's visiting his father in hospital. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after that whole, we've got that stuff in between of Clemenza like offing that guy, and I, I just, I love that shot of the Statue of Liberty in the background with the wheat fields. Oh yeah, take the gun, leave the cannoli. That all oh, happens. It, no, it's. Take the cannoli, leave the gun. Oh, take the cannoli. Yes, Clemenza's just great. It's so it sad great. that he didn't get, he didn't come back for the. And that shot's perfect. Where he's like, oh, it's, yeah. We need cooking with Clemenza as well. I need this TV show. He like he brings Michael in, and he's like, "This is how you brown the meat. Then you throw in the tomatoes. You yeah, put in a little bit I'm, of sugar." I'm following it's that great. recipe I love next that. time I'm making tomato yeah. sauce. I'm going to see if it actually <laughs> works. Hey, it's cooking with Clemenza. It's a new TV well, show. It's a shame that his character died in the next one no. because the actor yeah, wanted they're just like oh he died the actor said <laughs> what did he say he said he wanted like I equal think he, pay I, he didn't like it something like that he wanted equal pay to like the big the big guys yeah like Al Pacino you know Robert Duvall I think I don't know if it was that or whether he just didn't like the script I can't remember it was something like they had a bit of a falling out and then he just went okay yeah. you died of a heart attack see you later <laughs> Shouldn't have eaten all that tomato sauce. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Michael, the, back on okay. Michael Corleone, the yes. main character. The, the, the making of him, the, the part where he has to just be like, okay, I'm in this now, is I think when he goes to visit his father in hospital. 
Yeah. And you've got that, it, again, that horror music. It's, it's almost like a horror movie. There's a stuck record and there's a nurse who comes up and there's a jump scare. There's distant footsteps. There's yeah. that. It's just empty. The lighting's kind of creepy. Like it's, it's like some weird asylum. Um, it's, there's, there's a great sense of suspense and urgency and fear because he has to save his father's life at this point. And it's his, it's almost like his first test. It's his first test to show if he's got what it takes. Yeah. And then that's sort of like solidified when in that scene, when they all decide Michael's going to kill the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, when like, I think it's Tom, Sonny, um, and then Michael sat in a chair and Tom and Sully are are having an argument. And then like, you just see Michael sat there in the background thinking, and then the camera pans over to him and into a close-up, and it's all one, I think it's all one shot, roughly. Mm. And it's like, and then Michael becomes like the dominant figure in the room when he was the underdog when yeah, he first he kind walked of, in. You can, you can see he's very good at forming these little plans. Like when he, he puts his hand in his pocket to pretend he has a gun outside the hospital. Yeah. He gets the poor Enzo of the baker involved. He's like, oh, oh, oh no. It's like oh, it's shaking. I felt bad for him. Um, yeah, he comes up with that plan. He, he acts as like a balance between Tom and Sonny. Because, like, by the end of the film, he's still, like, cold-blooded like Sonny, but he's also thinking, like... He's also level-headed. Yeah. 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 He's not... Which I think... I think Tom should have been the Don. I mean, come on. That would have been great. He's not Italian, so he can't be. Yeah, exactly. That's... It's a shame. He would have made a great Don. Anyway... He would have made a great Don, but, you know, tradition and all that. When Michael... When he sets up this this shooting in the cafe... That's... This is probably one of my... favorite scenes for me at least it shows his smarts it shows his ability his potential um right when he before he kind of he goes into the bathroom he he goes behind the thing he retrieves the gun comes back and it's very like it doesn't come out right away like he's got to like he's got to yank it out and i was like he's got to no he's got to when he goes in right it like plays like this weird like train noise and then I think as 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 he walks, and his out eyes as well, are like going crazy. He's like darting about. He can't, he's clearly not focused on anything. He's thinking. He's like, this is the to him. I think this is the turning point. He's like, if I do this, I'm in this life forever. This is the turn. Yeah, this is the turning point for him joining the lot the life. And then later yeah. on, when it's the end of his like Sic- Sicilian adventure, that's when he becomes like the darker version of himself and it's i actually found out that this scene was pivotal in the movie as well because it was a scene in which the paramount Studios started to trust coppola and they started to because up to this point they didn't like his casting they didn't like his no they didn't like anything about it no they hated his his portrayal of this movie and they said when they saw this scene and how he put it together that was the point where they actually started to trust him and trust in his decision-making. So in both senses, both for the story and the film as a production, yeah. it was a turning point. So it's it's definitely one of those scenes that sticks in your head. You you know, you see him just pull out his gun, bang, cold-blooded on it's the floor. Very, it's very quick as well, Yeah, which I like. It's like, like, yeah, it's, it's from zero to a hundred 
for him. It's like, yeah. he's never done anything like this before. Well, he was in the war. He was a soldier. Well, yeah. But it's a bit different, isn't it? Because they say that in the film. They say, this isn't the army where you shoot them from a mile away. This is where you get up and go yeah. bang, bang, right up in their face. Ooh. And then he goes to Sicily. Yes. And there's a really impressive montage, which I know. You know when it's like showing all the newspaper headlines? Oh, yeah. The music there is good as well. It's kind of got the piano tune over it. But it's, I will say this, like... It's not entire for me at least. It's not entirely clear what's going on. I think it's just mm. a way of for me. I just see it as a way of passing, showing times past. But like, yeah, you see like Clemenza get into bed, then you see him in his pants sleeping, and then you see other people walking around. Well, you get the newspapers with the headlines. You get the newspapers with the newspapers. I think they should, should they have stuck sense. some newspapers, <laughs> but everything else is like what? Yeah, and that is a problem. With the, f- with the film as a whole, it's not perfect, this film, because the story, you are a bit like, wait, who's this? Who's that? <laughs> What's going on? Why is yeah, the it Yeah, especially first time watching these movies with one and two, I had to be like, wait, what? I had to take a breather, read a Wikipedia article. Here's a little, <laughs> here's a little hint of what's going to happen with two. Mm. That story. <laughs> the Good story Lord, if you thought that the first one was complicated. Yeah. Anyway. Who goes to Sicily? Um, again, I'm not so sure in this stuff. I understand its purpose, but I, I, I would. It's the one part of this otherwise great movie that I'm like, okay, this could have been done slightly differently. But that's just me. I think it's grown on me. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. It definitely gets better with every viewing. So what he does, what what they do in this short amount of time is they make for Michael fall in love, so he knows true happiness because that's what he is with um. Apollina, I think her name is. He's like, I think so. His new wife. And then, like, he loses it all. Mm. And it's like, well, that would, of course, that would make you a darker character in any story. Yeah. Just in life. If you. um, I think I would have liked more. I would have liked to see him do more and kind of maybe do some more mafia business there to, to solidify that point. Yeah, maybe show him learning the ropes. And then it's weird, isn't it? Because yeah, or, or showing his darker side, showing a descent of some sort, because really it's just him kind of getting married and then he gets blown up. Then she and- gets blown up. And then he goes back and there's a scene with Kay. Yeah. When she's at school and she and then they meet. And he says, and she says, How long have you been back? A year. So it's been a year. Yeah. From that's it from when he from when she died, he's been back a year. Or I don't know if he's lying or not, but and then you're like, yeah, oh, so that's what I, I was like, is he lying? He's learned a lot of stuff off screen, which yeah. they could have shown in the in Sicily, but you know, yeah, it's still effective because you don't need to see everything, but it would have been nice to see some of it, you know, just see. So I mean, get a, a sense it was it. it was it was a, I, it's still a good part of the movie. I especially like the bit where. He goes up to that Greek guy who owns the restaurant. And he's like, I know, is he talking Greek? about this woman. I think he is. What do you look? He's saying Greek Italian. Careful, Sonny, because you might be. Um, <laughs> well, he said he said that his daughter's Greek or something because she has a Greek name. So I assume he was. Anyway, oh, oh okay. He he, did, he hears about this woman and then he realizes it's his daughter. Oh yeah, but like, he's, like, shouting, like, he's <laughs> like, he's like, oh, a woman, you say. And then he goes, oh. yes, she was wearing a purple dress and a purple ribbon that like, you could see his face drop and he just goes, excuse me. And you just hear, oh, no, no, oh, like coming from the inside the restaurant. I was just like, I was, I was really, I, I was really laughing at that point. It was so, 
Oh, it was great. <laughs> and then like Michael just comes out and it's like, like, does he not know Italian? I don't know. Or does he know a bit? I guess he knows a little. Because he has an Italian conversation with the guy in the restaurant earlier when before he kills him. Oh, yeah. But then he has to be, translate. Oh. Okay, maybe it's a different... <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Is there a difference between Italian and Sicilian? Is there like slight nuances? Maybe. Maybe the guy's speaking Greek. Um, we don't know. Maybe. We never know. I mean, we, we do know. We could probably listen back to it, but, you know. That's true. Next. I saw a shot, and I'm pretty sure it's referenced in part two. I'm pretty sure we're in the same town in part two or something, because with yeah, Robert De Niro um, and the flashback. Oh, yeah, because... So outside the town hall. In, in, sec- in the second one, we, it's revealed mm. that Corleone is the town that Vito Corleone was from, and, the, and then when he was immigrated, yeah. they just changed it. And they do say in this first movie, Corleone, he's going to Corleone. They point up the hill. Yeah, yeah, they point at the thing. I was like, oh, I didn't notice that first time around. So it's a nice little yeah. foreshadowing. So I, I saw a, a shot, and I'm pretty sure they just replicated it in part two as a reference, which was quite funny. What is it of? It's like the town hall. There's an old man like scraping paint oh, or doing yeah. something. I'm pretty sure there's a scene in part two where Robert De Niro is escaping in the, in the back of a cart or something, and I'm pretty sure it's this exact same shot. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to remember that. Um, one thing that bothered me, <laughs> it kind of made me laugh. About in Sicily? Just about Michael. He gets punched by that police officer outside the hospital. Yeah. And that bruise is still there. <laughs> yes. Like weeks later. It's and still there. was in charge of, of uh, bruise, bruise, uh, what the continuity was a genius. Because it, like, they go from full on swollen. Sorry, to I got red, swollen. To purple and green. And then it goes kind of. The, the graduation of the makeup, it, it almost makes me feel like Al Pacino actually just smashed his face in. <laughs> they got it so perfect. Like, uh, it was like so Mark long. Hamill with the Scott, like he was yeah. in that car accident in Empire Strikes Back and they sort of like, like oh, perfect. Now we <laughs> we'll don't just have put to him put, in a Wampa game. Now we don't have to uh, make him look like yeah. he's been mauled by a horrible. But, but it's like. He has this, this like bruise the, just won't go away. The entire time he meets proposes to and marries his Sicilian wife, he still has that bruise. <laughs> so I, I, if, she, if she lived, I would have wanted to see a scene where like, he goes, oh, my, my face is perfectly healed. And she's like, Hooray. I'm not a fan. Divorce. A fan. Yeah. <laughs> she's not, she doesn't like it. She only likes the bruise. I do not like this. I do not like the bruise. Um, so we get this contrast. While Michael's in Sicily, suddenly still off messing around, doing his thing being hot-headed michael's actually being serious you know he's getting married he's he's taking life seriously it's, it's, whereas sunny, sunny is, is he's strange yeah. isn't he because he he you know he sleeps around with other ladies exactly but then he's also quite and we see that a lot but he's quite it's, nice to his wife anyway and they seem to have like a nice relationship yeah it's weird like, there's it's, a bit in the wedding scene at the, where she rolls her eyes yeah but then it's like okay but carlo who's that the guy who marries the daughter at the start of the movie. Oh, I hate what him. What a scumbag. I'm glad he dies at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Even though it's like horrible. <laughs> he, cause it, that, 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 that's, a, that's the best death in the film. That's true. Where, where he kicks, he like kicks through the windshield. It's amazing. He nearly kicks it's the camera. Vindication. It's like, it's like, uh, he caused this death. You almost feel like it's, 
not justified, but it's the most justified. It's, you know, they're, they're offering all these people who are like, well, they're just kind of business, but this one was personal. This was like, everything else was business. And for Michael, this was his one little, like, I'm going to, this is I have his a qu- personal. I have a question. Hmm. Who kills Sonny? Is it another one of the families? Yeah, it's one of the other families. I think they mentioned the name at some point. Because is there a war going on? I, I think. Oh, it's strange. It's all just part of this. It's all just part of this plot to get the drugs on the streets and get Vito into it. It's because it's. And this is what we mean, everyone. But with this confusing story, <laughs> we don't <laughs> like. You have to watch this film like a million times, and it's yeah, long. But so it's kind of. I hard. think they after the meeting of the five families, they're basically like, "He, this guy did it, didn't he?" And then Vito's like, "Yeah, we know he did it, but what we're we gonna do?" What we're we gonna do? We can't do much. Um, yeah. So after the Sicily stuff, I love the scene where Sonny beats up that Carlo. <laughs> it's so cheesy. It's like full on Batman nineteen sixties. Oh yeah, it's, oh, like, it's great. If they put the wham like the pow over it, it would probably. I want to see an edit of that now. I did notice he doesn't actually hit him a few times, and they still put the yeah. Boof, boof. He misses. <laughs> It's great. Um, yeah, so after, after the Sicily yeah. stuff, we, we get Sonny's death again. He takes more bullets than the Don. Takes more <laughs> bullets like, than like, anyone ever. <laughs> and the girl, just won't I don't understand why they, like, why do they waste so much time? This bit overkill as well. But they could just shoot him in the head once. Yeah, they're like, or maybe it's just like, maybe it's to send a message. We don't it's know. It's dramatic. We don't know. It's dramatic. I mean, yeah, they like you said, they butchered him. He doesn't want to see his mother. Doesn't want to see him like this. It's, they it's kind of revenge. Open, it's, it's brutality. Open casket it's, it's, um, funeral. Yeah, he wants he wants the funeral guys to do his Speak, best work. Speaking of the 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 mum, mm. I would have liked a little bit more with her. Yeah, because yeah, she's kind of she's just sort of like. Uh, like smiles it's like okay yeah she seems like she could be an interesting she's character. either smiling or crying or crying or like smiling and waving at people smile and, and wave boy it's like why can't we see a bit more of that of the fuller family dynamic i mean it focuses it definitely just focuses on the men of a family really this whole film it'd be nice to see the impact that this this has on you know the, the people around them but what can you do in in a I mean, the movie's already three hours. The movie's already three hours, and it's got a lot of characters. I mean, let's add more speaking roles. Yeah. No. It's it's very much focused on the character, like the Don, Michael, Sonny, Tom, you know. It's very much focused on those guys. Um, Then we get on to the Don and his reaction to Sonny, which we covered again. It's very powerful. Very great. Very powerful performance. Um. We see that the Don doesn't want his revenge. He's 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 willing to compromise. He he wants to let all this go. He he he's the last of his kind. It's another indication of the fact that he can see past personal things. He just wants things to be set right. And he sort of wants things to be set right, and he also wants them to be. I don't not necessarily. He wants to leave his family in good hands, knowing that they won't be brutally murdered by someone. He wants to retire, yeah. at least a little bit content because he does retire but he still becomes like because when michael comes back and he becomes head of the family yeah um i mean poor fredo he just got, got completely sidelined 
Fredo goes like full pit mode in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, when they go to <laughs> they come in and Mount he's like Green. on the glasses and the and the yellow jacket. He's got it's like silk, Michael. silk ascot on. He's like, oh my god. He's got the the music and the women. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, just leave him. What are you doing, Fredo? I, um, and he's, he's even Michael comes in and almost goes full Pacino on him. He's even worse. <laughs> he's, even, he's even worse in part two, Fredo. In in terms of like like pimpiness. Yeah. It's like, oh, Ooh. I hate Fredo. Wow. Okay. I'm as, I was going to say I hate him, but you know, I hate him. I I just don't like him. There is a I, I don't I don't blame the Don for not making him in charge because he's older than Michael. He's the eldest son, I think. He's the eldest son after um, Sonny. But then they just went, yeah. and they mentioned the this eldest in, remaining. They mentioned this in um, uh, part two, like he's like, yeah, I think you're my younger brother, Michael. What? He also says it in this one. He's like, he's like, you're my older brother. He says, and I love you. Michael but, says it to him. Don't, don't screw with me. Yeah, don't, don't take sides yeah. against the family again. Yeah, he's, he gets mad over that. Um, so. After Vegas, uh, we see Michael starts to take control. Of, uh, in the Vegas scene, we see him make a deal. He references the offer he can't refuse. He He's becoming his father in a way, but he's doing his own thing. He's sort of doing it because he says, he says to Kay, mm. in five years, the, my family will be legitimate. But then he immediately makes a deal, which makes them less legitimate. Illegitimate. illegitimate. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, okay, cool. Um, and then we get that touching scene between the Don and Michael. Oh, when he's like, when he like, their last scene together, when he's like, I never wanted this for you. I love that when he, because he goes a bit old man where he like repeats himself. Yeah. And forgets. I was like, oh. oh yeah. He's like, oh, I forget. It's sad. Yeah. It's, it's a sad scene. Can we just skip to the Don's death as well? Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, it's, Cause it finally, it's one of the it, most painful deaths to watch in he, cinema for me. For me, I, I read it as he died happy. Yeah, that's why I said it's a bittersweet ending. I put because I kind of yeah because he because he, he, he does the he does the last the last thing he does is something he truly wanted to do. It's just be with yeah, his family, it's, his grandchild. He, he gets this touching scene with his father, well, not his father. Grandchild. Michael gets this scene with oh, his yeah. father, and then he gets to spend time with his grandson, and he's happy. Which he's one playing. is it? Because he's got like ten. <laughs> I think it, it must be Michael's. It's Michael's, son. isn't it? Rit? It must be. Uh, yeah let's, I mean, let's just assume that it is yeah so many <laughs> so many people like, in this family jesus christ it's so many i've got i've got three brothers two of them are dead yeah, he's got oh, he got what that's happened he's got one. two brothers one of them's dead what if sonny has kids well, he's got three brothers sonny has kids, but i don't think Fredo has any and then his sister has kids and then he has kids and then you got tom tom he's just is there. he married i think he might be no. I think he is because he talks is he? to someone in the wedding scene. But we'll never know. Oh, maybe. We don't know. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the Don, he just dies. He dies playing with his grandson in the garden. It's so sad. It's so touching. But again, he died happy. He was playing about. He, he got to be a child again. And he, it's, quite, it's quite haunting as well. Yeah. Because it pans out and you just see the kid run away. <laughs> the, and like, the, oh, God. the menu... From my Blu-ray that I have of it, it's just the Don lying dead in that. Are you patch. serious? What when it's like scene selection <laughs> play? Yeah, scene selection <laughs> everything. It's just it's just a loop, you know, with the 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 shot where the kid runs away. Yeah. After he's off screen, that's the shot. 
and it, they just loop the wind blowing through the trees as the Don's lying there dead. I'm like, okay. Jesus. Jesus. That's a bit of a spoiler as well, if you haven't seen it. Well, you don't see his face, so I guess. But you just see a guy dead (laughs) in a vegetable patch, and you're like, what? Well, that's something. What a a great summation of the film. Yeah. Uh, It's weird. I was like, okay, that's the one they're going to choose. But yeah, again, it's this the death of this vicious killer gangster any movie that can make you feel sad for that it. sadness yeah. yeah is 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 a powerful movie yeah it's definitely yeah then we're on to the last part of the movie or the last thing Chef's which kiss. is where michael just goes yeah he goes full don mode he takes full control he puts his plans into action the the juxtaposition between the the christening i know people people on the oh. internet and just in general in oh. movies have said that's great this is like the best thing ever but it when it says you renounce satan and like the organ high notes oh, that you see and the, the baby cries the baby's crying and crying oh. And like, oh my god it's so it's such a it's so intense it's you've got this child screaming crying you got this organ playing you got michael with this dead pen face just like Putting on again, it's that face of the mafia. He's like, I renounce all sin, I renounce Satan. Meanwhile, all these goons are shooting people in the eye and pushing them downstairs backwards. Shooting people, <laughs> shoot people in the elevator with a shotgun. <laughs> shotgun, yeah. Bang. Clemenza's just there, like, oh, do Taking out, oh my God. And it's just like, it's, it's great. ruthless. The music is, oh my God. The high note of the organ. And then just, it's bang, bang. Oh, it's just amazing. And then he's just, and then you cut back to Michael. He's just casually stood there, like like he doesn't care. Yeah. And in both senses, he's becoming the Godfather because yeah, because the, the Godfather he's literally being bad. Yeah, he's literally being bad, like at the baptism of his new Godchild. Yeah, exactly. He's becoming a Godfather in the normal sense, and he's also becoming the Godfather. This character, this the Don, he's becoming yeah. that personality, the title character of um, the film and the book. Yeah, I mean the 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 shot composition, the music in that last scene where Michael kind of he becomes the Don. His transition is complete. The guy, you know, he's it's a new chapter, and he stood in his office, and his sister comes in, and he's like, "No, you killed my husband, or whatever." Yeah, because he's flipping strangles him brutally in the back of that car and she comes in and he's no mercy at well, all. Well, no, Clemenza does it on. Oh, yeah. And, oh, that, when he kicks through that windshield, beautiful. And it like, he nearly kicks the camera, oh, I noticed. Wrecking the classic car. That hurts that you hurts. as a classic car fan. That hurts. <laughs> as a classic car fan, oh my God, see the kick cars like that. Oh no. Not the human being dying. No, the car. no, just the car. That guy was a piece of trash. That car, whoa. <laughs> um, the... The scene where that guy, um, Clemenza takes out, just before Clemenza takes out that guy with the cannoli scene, I noticed that they use stock footage in New York, and I think they do the same in Vegas. So it must have meant that they picked the cars based on the 50s stock footage they had. Yeah, I, but I did notice amazing. like that the, some of the establishing sort of shots do look a bit different. Yeah, <laughs> They're really old <laughs> and poorly shot. Like the quality, the film quality just goes slightly colorized it's weird but yeah that scene where michael sits down with his brother-in-law it's chilling he's like the grim reaper and this guy knows his time's up and he's and he's scared and and michael's just there like i don't care 
this is he's a new man he's he's this psychopath and then it's sort of like it's and then when it leads on to part two it's sort of it it's that part two is just the the exploration and then he goes overboard of him he goes like full on i think it's him seeing what they can do with this new michael they've made yeah and he's got no mercy like at the end of this movie doesn't care about his sister it's just business i don't care this guy deserved to die kind of thing his 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 is is, 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 is it his wife at this what, point the final shot when the door closes his wife k k is his wife yeah yeah and that scene is why yeah he's she's like why why did why did you do this tell me and he's like i didn't do it don't and then he he goes full pacino he's like never ask me about my business yeah. who are who are what do you got <laughs> what do you got <laughs> anyway what do you got <laughs> He and he, and, and full Pacino. And they do and they do a similar scene I remembered from in part two, where like yeah. well we won't spoil it. Oh he flipping, yeah, he slaps her across the face. Oh my god, it's like full on domestic but, abuse. Can we I think we're coming to the end of our Godfather discussion now. But I just want to talk about yeah. the final shot where the, where you can just see Kate from Kate's oh, perspective in the doorway perfect. and everyone's going, Godfather. And then the door just closes. It's a nap. It's like a wipe, like a like a wipe in yeah. it. But it, but it's the door, and it's like perfect, perfectly framed. Everything, yeah, every is framed. The framing, the dialogue, the music. The the he kisses his hand, says Don Corleone, and this transition is complete. And with that, we fade to the titles. You get oh, that iconic music. music. We haven't talked about the yeah. music, but that is just be perfect. One thing I will say is that the beginning and the end of this movie. Perfection. You can't, you can't, you you can't make it better. Do this any other way. It does, it's, it does dip in the. Dip there are a few things mid. along the way where you're like, I would have done this differently. It does dip in the middle. Yeah, especially Sicily. I, mean, I don't know why. I just don't know why. I just there's something about it that's off for me. I understand its necessity, and they wrote a whole book of it in the actual Godfather trilogy of books. Did they? Make it might trilogy? be. Yeah. I think there's more than three. They they did a whole book called the Sicilian. So I get why they had to have a fairly large chunk. So that's it. That's the Godfather. Um, yeah, that's the movie. Um, one thing I did want to say is I watched a documentary that was on the disc as mm-hmm. well. And it was really interesting because it basically said that George Lucas and Coppola, they made yeah. American Zoetrope and they just wanted to do their own thing in Hollywood. Hollywood was kind of struggling and they came to Coppola and said, will you do the Godfather? I can, I can flesh this out a bit more. So, because yeah. I've read a lot about this. Um, so by when 69 uh, to 70, the studio system of Hollywood was gone hmm. and w- was fading out because yeah, back in like the, the 50s and the 60s, people would turn up on a studio. The studio would make the film. It was very like very regimented and formulaic. It wasn't people going out and filming things. It wasn't. And then Coppola and George Lucas, when they formed Zoetrope, they did what they wanted. And it sort of ushered in this new wave cinema, Mm. which made way for people like Scorsese and Kubrick to a a certain extent. You can read more about Kubrick if you want. Spielberg. Um, And Spielberg, obviously, who like went full. He's just so influential. Spielberg. You don't, you don't realize it. Yeah, because he makes so much. But if you look back, like almost every classic film you can think of is made by Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, and or ninety percent of them, or has like his fingerprints. It's it can be boiled. It can boiled be boiled down to 
every f- f- every classic like film mm. has either Spielberg, Coppola, or Lucas, and to a yep. certain extent Scorsese, because he wasn't in L.A. or California at the time. He was in New York doing his own thing, and then he moved over. Yeah, and he sort of took off in the, you know, in the seventies as well, but sort of with a different sense. Anyway, it's hard to. We can go into more detail in a different episode. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, The Godfather almost didn't happen because Coppola didn't want to do it originally. He didn't want to do, I read he didn't want to do part two either. He wanted to give that to yeah. Martin Scorsese. But then the studio said he, no. He said it was just a lifeboat that he just, yeah, but on the advice of George Lucas, he took the job to save their company so they could then make their own movies because their company was struggling. Um, and then eventually he became like obsessed and he started to be obsessed about the themes and of succession and capitalism and family. And he wanted to show the Italian culture cause he, he, he was from an Italian background. Yeah. Um, and the studio kind of wanted a quick hit and he wanted it to be this meaningful film. And it was kind of the start of filmmakers having a voice, filmmakers taking a stand and saying, I, we want to make our movies. We don't want to make what the studios want to make. And then that was shit in star Wars and, Jaws, all these Jaws, E.T., Godfather Part 2 and Apocalypse Now. And Godfather Part 2. The Taxi yeah, Driver I mean, and stuff like that. Just so much. So really, this movie was kind of the birth of modern... This is the birth of modern cinema. Modern Hollywood. Modern Hollywood. So in a way, it's cinema. appropriate for our first office, for first episode episode. And I think we're all glad that Coppola stood his ground and did what? Did what he thought a big thumbs up, both of us. I think we're big in, thumbs up. Is that a rating system? A big thumbs up. Well, I don't want to do stars or out of ten. No, I don't like stars. I don't like out of ten. My stars change all the time. I don't like out of ten. I really don't like that. Too many numbers. <laughs> well, I can't count to ten. Well, yeah, we can't even count to ten. <laughs> so, thumbs up, thumbs up, big thumbs up. So, yeah. Do we move? We move on now to our next segment, don't we? Yes. Um, whatever you can go first, we can we can go to onto our next segment where you talk about something, or I can talk about something. Uh, you could go first. I think we need a bit. We need more positivity before we go to a yeah negativity before your little rant. <laughs> Sunny soapbox. I'm gonna get up on my little soapbox. I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about something because um, I tend to get quite obsessive, and I need to vent about this. Hargy, hargy! I declare myself pickled tank! Shut your fucking mouth! Shut the fucking cunt! Boy, that escalated quickly. The Mandalorian. John Favreau. This man is a genius. He, he's, um, he's ushering in this new age of VFX. And it's gonna, I think it's going to change cinema forever it's like making that bold of a claim yeah it's like the it's like the um it's like it's comparable to rear projection or the green screen this is like big stuff he's using this new technology where basically the actors act on a a stage it's it's still in like a a stage isn't it but then there's yeah it's like a, a sound stage but they they instead of surrounding them with green screens they surround them with led panels that display real time through wizardry, technical wizardry, which I won't get into. The uh, Unreal game engine, stuff like that. So it's, yeah. you can, it's, it in, basically uses Unreal. Which is a game um, engine. 
Yeah, so. to track the production cameras. Yeah, it tracks what the production cameras can see and renders a high resolution environment that they've built themselves mm. real time in front of the actors. So it's like doing CGI or VFX. What you usually do in post production, you can now do on sets of the actors. It's like doing a see high, the environment they're in. It's like doing a high value mock up. So yeah, like it's it's like rear projection. It's like in the old movies when they used to project onto yeah. a screen behind them. It's basically that, but on a massive scale, and it it negates the need for certain lighting because the the environment itself lights. The environment provides the reflection. The LEDs the project the light for what? Yeah, they they project the light from all sides, even if even if the camera isn't on a section of the screen, it still displays a lower resolution version of the yeah um, the environment to act as reflections and lighting for the environment. You can, you know, you don't have to worry about green screen reflecting on things and spilling on things. It takes away um, the need to remove that in post-production. If you do need a green screen, you can just pull it up on a screen and you can make it a very specific size to reduce the amount of reflection the green screen causes on set. And it allows the actors to, to become more immersed. To become more immersed. And they've used it yeah. really well in The Mandalorian, I think. This is the first time they've used it properly. Like in the in like in, a full scale production. Yeah, they used it on Rogue One and ILM spoke to John Favreau and told him about this and he became intrigued by it and he was like, I want to push for this because he'd used it in the Lion King. I didn't King. know they used it in uh, Rogue One. That's really interesting. What did they Yeah, for like apparent uh, I don't know the exact scene, but they used it very minimally. Well, I would imagine because it's still very experimental. Yeah. It's it still is. Um because they said they can't actually have fast camera movements because of the lag from the camera's input to the screen. And they said, luckily, the Mandalorians, but it's a very slow. Yeah, it's a perfect sort of testing ground, yeah. I would imagine, because it's a... Well, that's what they said. They said, like, that was a problem, but luckily for them, it didn't apply because everything's quite slow and it takes its time. Yeah. And it's very... It's like, the, it's like the original trilogy is not... It's not overly crazy and lightsaber battles, which has its place. I like all that stuff. It's not like but a Marvel film. This where show, everything. No, like, exactly. It wouldn't. Whoa. It would not be able to be used on a Marvel film yet. Like, there's so much yeah. that needs to be refined. But it's it's such a it's such an interesting concept. To be to give credit to Marvel, their use of green screen is very very impressive. Yeah, and just VFX in general. The the biggest problem with green screen, apart from the spillage and the yeah. thing. The two biggest problems is people lose their creativity, their creative kind of, the actors don't see what's there. They can't react as easily. They have to be very talented. Yeah. If you look, if you look at behind the scenes footage of like a Marvel film or like, you know, yeah. the C, the CW, um, uh, DC TV shows like Arrow and the Flash. <laughs> have you seen that clip of like flipping the Flash and then wo- oh, and Superwoman? Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, it's like, oh my god, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to stop myself from breaking down laughter. I can, like, I can do that. I can tell you now. Oh, it's great. Um, but again, you have to be, you have to be like a special kind of actor. So you have to be really good to to act seriously on these men running around in spandex, blue and green spandex, <laughs> yeah. balls all over them. Your, your person opposite's wearing like a green hat and a weird screen. And it's, it's hard to build yeah. that world. You've got to, you've got to, you've not got to, you can't look, you can't look the person in the eye because yeah. their character's actually seven feet tall. You have to look at like a dot that's hanging above them. Whereas 
in The Mandalorian, it's this perfect merging of video game technology, VFX, and practical Cause sets. Like, Cause what everything do in the foreground is practical, and then they usually yeah. like have stuff in the background is the, the LED screen. Well, yes, they've got this LED screen, which is rendered through a game engine, but they use... You know, they combine these two technologies and they, the, again, the foreground is that stuff to, to create a blend between them. Cause oftentimes it, you want to create that. It's almost as if they're easing you into yeah. that world. You don't just want to screen behind someone cause it'll become obvious pretty quickly that they're just stood in front of a screen. But they said, you know, they've, they, they, they would build sets. Like there was a really interesting picture where the Mandalorian sat in the cockpit with the, with the, the asset, the child of, of the, um, what's it called? His ship, the, the razor crest is what it's called. That one. He sat in the cockpit of the razor crest and only the cockpit is a practical set. The background in the background are the stars are they, and the engines and are stuff. Are they on LED screens? Yeah. Wow. So if you see the Mandalorian sat in the cockpit, the only real bit is the cockpit and the rest of it is the engines behind him. That yeah. maybe probably blurred out in the background. They're on a screen, and if the camera, they'll be out of focus. Yeah, if the camera moves using the tracking technology, it can move the engines to be in line with the cockpit. <laughs> so it's, uh, but you'd never know unless you've read about it. It's it's really fascinating. So I think it'll have big potential, and it also means people like directors and cinematographers can have a greater control over these things because often things will go into. Yeah, post production and and the, the VFX artists will do things. I was at a talk for ILM, and it was it was really heart crushing for me, at least. How much <laughs> they it was either ILM or Frames Frame Store, which are two big VFX companies that work mm. on you know Star Wars and Marvel and all sorts. Yeah, but it was like they completely um, re. Like the only thing that was not CGI in this clip they showed us was Paul Rudd's head. <laughs> like they changed his oh outfit, they changed the lo- they changed the entire location. They changed the the see yeah that's they a changed downside. The van, the, the they changed the model of the car <laughs> because when when because people the Russo, can do things, they often will. That's the, the Russo brothers probably came in like one Saturday afternoon, or like some like Friday lunchtime, and went yeah. Keep, I don't like the brown van. I want this green van. It's like, who cares? Like, why can't you yeah. just, why can't you just make your decision on the set? I don't like, they've done that for it's decades. Anyway, it just, that's, that's what annoys me. Yeah. And in, yeah, again, in, in post-production, you can do that kind of thing, which is almost frustrating. Cause it's like, what? <laughs> also it takes, it takes away from being on the set. Yeah. And the people doing VFX often don't necessarily have an understanding of lighting or direction as in depth as the, yeah, because they're cinematographer they're, director, they're desk jockeys. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's not their job. Like their their job is to do the VFX. They know VFX. Because I'm, I, I I say I'm I'm into VFX more than I am kind of lighting and stuff. You know, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be in the dark on my own. For me, I'm more into the boots on the ground, getting your camera, mm. filming something, setting up the, the practical side of doing it. Like, this, but this is why I like this stuff because it's combined. If you're a VFX supervisor, yeah. you yeah, you can be on set. You can you have an unreal several unreal engineers on set. If the director says that mountain is too close, they can literally go on a computer and move the mountain. It's really impressive. They can uh, yeah, they can like this lighting. This sun's too harsh or something. Uh, there are certain things you have to do in pre-production and decide 
Yeah. Like obviously. the sky domes and things that you can't change, but you know, within reason, these things can be changed on set. You can't, you can't so it's like really go, fascinating. actually, I want, I don't want a mountain range. I want a forest. You can't yeah. do that. Obviously. I want a forest. I want it to be nighttime. That would take like weeks to, yeah, but well, months, but yeah, it gives more freedom and it allows for better collaboration on set. Is that, is that what you want to say? Yeah. I mean, you might want to expand in later episodes. That's, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk, probably doing a few episodes on the Mandalorian, but, Oh yeah. For now, you know, it's an emerging technology. Not much is out there about it. Not much is known. I'm very, I'm excited to see what happens uh, with um, season two. See what they do more. Yeah. Because hopefully they, yeah. they don't just go like desert planet, lava planet, desert planet, Oof. forest planet. Hopefully we go to like some cooler places. But yeah, John Favreau, I'm glad he's pushing this. <laughs> He's pushing it. it. It really, yeah. You don't have to fly to like Tunisia or whatever to shoot a scene on Tatooine well, or whatever. Well, with the spoilers for episode five, they go to um, they go to back to Tatooine. Yep. And my dad, he went. Did they go back to Tunisia? And I went. Well, I'm not sure because I knew about the LED screens. Yeah. But they do recreate some of the sets. So I, maybe they just went practical set what i think they send scouts there to take photos to yeah get for reference for textures and things but the entire crew probably it probably was just done on a stage yeah i yeah i think i think so, i think yeah. they said something like 90 percent of the show ended up being on this led wall it's crazy yeah it's, it's expensive initially but once you have it it's but they there made forever. the money back and you don't yeah i imagine i mean this virus if they start to get restrictions on air travel or people become less keen to do that, I mean, you can walk down the road if you live near a studio and make an entire film. Yeah. Now, a blockbuster, millions and millions and millions on, you know, in a studio. Crazy. It's not like flipping Coronation Street quality well, either. Well, it's, it's actually good. <laughs> Coronation Street, they have their own street built. I know. So well, it's crazy. You can go and visit. Woo wee. It's not that far for us either. <laughs> we'll do a live episode from the Carnation we'll Street. Do a, yeah, we'll do a live episode of Carnation Street Studios. Oof, we'll do a tour. Bl- not bloody likely. I don't know the first that. thing about Carnation Street. I'd get lost. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough of anyway, that. Now it's time for my, from my little round. It's time for me to tell you to calm down, Kubrick. Oh, you're going to have an I want to talk about these YouTube videos, which are compilations of, you know, best bits from, you know, whatever show it could be, Doctor Who, it could be, you know, Mr. Robot, it could be Parks and Recreation, it could be, I don't know, bloody Stranger Things, uh, anything. And they just get yeah. on my nerves. Oh, God. Because they're so... They're, they're always recommended. And they're always... Drives me nuts. And they're I'm getting all, angry. I'm getting more I'm angry getting than angry. you already. And it's like... And it's just like... Oh. I mean, in reality, it's probably not that, that big a deal, really. But It's not... Yeah, but it's... it's I Okay. It's nice to go and find a show and be like, oh, these are the funny parts of this character. But to the, first of all, it's content thievery. And they're getting, I imagine they're getting some kind of profit from it when they all they do is like zoom in occasionally and put some text over it. 
Oh, yeah, they do. They do like a like a like a a bass drop or something. Like that. I mean, yeah, I'll admit I've watched some. I've laughed, but I've not laughed at at, at, at their edit. I've laughed at because it's a good TV show. I've laughed lazy. at the content <laughs> they're, they're just clipping. Yeah, it yeah. bothers me because they're just like, oh, it's it's just. Ugh. I'm getting more angry than you. I'm getting more. I, I sort of. I think I've vented my anger because I just every time I see it, I, there's a new thing on you. I don't know if it's new, but you can go. Don't recommend this channel. So I just go. Don't recommend this channel, please. I need to do that. I didn't I've done know the same thing, thing for uh, those Star Wars YouTube channels where it's like Disney ruins Star Wars. Kathy Kennedy has his gender. Don't recommend. Oh God. Yeah, it's like this will shock you. I saw one this the other day. It was like this will shock you. Dave Filoni says Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars. I was like, I doubt don't it. recommend because it's just you don't have to watch it because you know it's you know it's not true. You can just look at it anyway. I think I don't really have much. I don't actually have that much to say about these YouTube videos. It's just uh, people stop watching them, please, and stop yeah. making them if you make them. Stop letting people make money off other people's, other people's work. work. Yeah, make your own Ugh. stuff. That's why I like, yeah. you know, people who make that. Where I got the uh, worldizing fact, check out the nerd writer video on it. That's where I got that. You should from. all just start your own podcast and talk about pointless things like films instead, because that's well, don't don't do it too much because uh, we need to make. Oh yeah, we, we need to make, we don't make want any competition. Please, we don't. need to make make our money back on this. Make it about something I don't know that. That's not interesting. Sewing. I don't know, like... Um, stamp collecting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, is it time for the news? This just in. F I'm on f*** off. I'm on live telly. Oh, yeah, yeah, f*** yeah. off out of it. I want to f***ing hell. F*** off, you little twat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've got a headline here that says... Disney Plus edited out Daryl Hannah's butt out of Splash with horrific CGI. What? See, this this baffles me. So, in the film Splash, yes. which is on Disney Plus, it's a rom-com. Is it is exclusive? No, it's uh, it's like it's like thirty years old, mate. Oh, okay. So it's not exclusive. So it's a Tom Hanks. Film. Pardon me for never hearing of the film Splash. Well, I, I never heard of it until I found this headline. So, so what they did? So it's about a mermaid, right? And and Tom Hanks falling in love. Not real Tom Hanks, whoever he plays in this film. So what? They, so Does I he guess play a Castaway? Maybe that'll be funny. It could be the sequel to Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry. So there's a scene in the film where you see the ladies bare behind, right? Wait, is she a mermaid? Yeah, but she has legs. It's like Little Mermaid. How does she have a... It's Little Mermaid rules. When she comes on land, she has legs. Oh. And when she goes oh, on the okay. sea, I was about to say, because it would just be a fish tail. So what Disney Plus have done is they went back and they and they put, like, they extended her hair with CGI. Oh, my God. It, you, can look this video, you can look this video up, everyone. Why? You, but it's just, like, it's literally, like, they painted over. So it's like a, it's like a crap texture on a 3d model has been painted over oh like, so it's literally like when her legs move the textures on her legs a stretch as well it wouldn't it would actually be harder to do that why would they do that just make it droop in front so you can watch so that in this article i've just read it here it says 
So you can watch Snoke getting cut in half. Yep. You can watch Thanos getting his head chopped off in Endgame. Yep. And Snoke getting cut in half in Last Jedi. But you can't look at this lady's bare ass for two seconds. It's like, why do why do you bother? What? What? I mean, in the Last Jedi, they literally like stab a Praetorian guard in the face, through the face, the chop of the heads off. In in Phantom Menace, episode three, Anakin's burning alive. In Phantom Menace, Darth Maul draws blood when he gets cut cut in half. Even in episode four, I mean, I don't know why we're focusing on Star Wars, but there's there's blood on the floor. People get people get get shot in the Marvel films. The Marvel, yeah, some of the Marvel films. Well, whatever. (sighs) It baffles me. But anyway, back to a splash. Go and look it up, everyone. It'll be it's like trending on Twitter or something. Okay, next next headline, I think. Um, I've got some news from Mr. Waititi. Waititi? Waititi. Um, Waititi. Apologies to her. If he's listening, we, we can't. <laughs> I, I doubt we it. We can pronounce um, her name. We're just if he honor. is listening, hello. Uh, during, during his live commentary for Thor Ragnarok, director Taika Waititi said he, he released a few aspects of his upcoming film, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. This included Space Sharks, how the movie is going to make Ragnarok look like a run-of-the-mill, really safe film, apparently, and he even shared some concept art. I'm, I'm excited. It does sound fun. They are my favourite Marvel films, because they're the most different. Um, yeah. Finally, they've stopped, they've stopped doing formula films. But he also, like... Uh, <laughs> he, he shared a fake script page he wrote for the movie, and it's like blurry image. And the script oh, yeah. reads, it's, it's about Tony Stark returning. And I personally, I think we need to start a petition for this to actually happen because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thor says, you're back. And he says, in the sack, baby. But how? I saw you die. Science, also Thanos is back. <laughs> Thor says, mother frigga. <laughs> no. So we're assembling again. Again, again, it's go time. The script reveals that Iron Man's new armor is covered in the flags of the world before Tony makes a bold proclamation about what comes <laughs> next. Everyone who died is coming back. And this time, we're avenging even more than ever. From now on, we'll be known as the Avengerers. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh, his that's little brilliant. script. I, I, I want this. I want to see this. I, I want to see this like a, they do at the end of Monsters, Inc. with the deleted scenes at the credits. The fake deleted scenes. Well, that means they'd have I, to go... I would, Robert Downey Jr. back again. I want to see Space Sharks. I do too. In Thor, Love and Thunder. It sounds amazing. It's what, it's what, that's what it's called, isn't it? Yes. Love and Thunder. Yes. Because I've, I've read a lot of Thor comics, and this new Thor, and the bulk of that is the Jason Aaron run, which is what this film is being inspired by, and that features a lot of Space Sharks. Huh. So and Lady Go Thor, Space Sharks so. sounds like it sounds like a football team. Space Sharks. It's kind of, maybe it's like Mighty Ducks. Um, next one, next next piece of entertainment news. Next news. Next news on the subject of superheroes. We're we're gonna go jump over, gonna hop over the fence to DC. Oh yes, they're still making films. Uh, Matt Reeves. His new Batman films coming out. We got glimpses of the Batsuit, Batmobile, the, the new Batmobile. The bat cycle. And then there's on-set photos of the penguin. I've not seen those, actually. There's, like, a very, very distant photo of the, of oh. the guy playing the penguin, and he's, like, got white hair. 
Oh. Uh, and he's handsome. He's not like Danny DeVito hunched over. He's not, like, he's not literally a penguin man. Is he going to be like the um, Telltale Batman? Because they kind of did that early days Batman and Penguin. I don't know. Early days Joker. Is kinda, I, I think they're doing a long Halloween yeah, story. Yeah, long Halloween is, yeah. which is a comic. Um, which means the Joker's not going to be in it. Well, even though he is in the uh, the comic, but he's not in this film, isn't he? In the comic, I thought he was in the comic like briefly or something. He's, in, he he's not. He's not the main villain, but he is in. He features in the comic along with you know Two Face, right. Poison Ivy, um, Penguin. Oh, Two Face, your favorite, my favorite villain. Um, yeah. So, in a recent interview with Nerdist, he discussed his take on the character, and he teased that he wanted his version of Batman to stand out from the previous contenders. Yeah. So he said, there's been some terrific Batman movies, and I don't know, or I don't want to be part of a long line of Batman movies where this is just another one. I feel like they've been really distinct. The best ones have been incredible. What Nolan did was incredible. What Tim, di- Tim Burton did was really singular. Don't yeah. That, that's him <laughs> saying, it's not for me. I think that's him. Yeah, so that's just saying, it's, it's, yeah. It sounds like he's trying to be polite, but that's my favorite Batman. No, he hasn't mentioned um, Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about Zack Snyder. And he's not talked about Batman Forever or uh, yeah, Batman Yeah, we, we definitely don't talk about Batman Forever or Batman Robin. <laughs> he, he does, however, talk about Batman Returns. He said, Ooh. Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer was incredible. I love it. I love it so much, he said. It's so incredible, and she's so incredible in it. He really likes Michelle Pfeiffer, apparently. I just think it's a beautiful movie. I love the Penguin stuff where he's going down the sewers as the baby... It's just like, wow. Is that a quote? It's just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, wow. This is the beautiful thing about Tim Burton at his best in the way that he's got that connection into the fantastical that feels very, very personal. That's something I resonate with. I love, I won't go on about it here, but I love Tim Burton's renditions of things. We'll we'll have a whole episode about Tim Burton. There's a future episode on a Tim Burton film. A Tim Burton film and why I love it and why everyone else hates it. But... Um, yeah, you can probably yeah. guess what it is. Actually, there, no, there's several. There's several there's, Tim there's Burton many, films. Many, 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 <laughs> there's many, many Tim Burton films that, that are very divisive. I think he's a genius. I love him, but whatever. Um, the Dark, <laughs> He said, The Dark Knight is so incredible, and I think that Heath Ledger's performance and their conception of the Joker in that movie is indelible. Indelible? It's a big word. That movie is so much about how it's a horrifying thing to stare into the abyss, that idea of that level of nihilism. The whole idea that there was nothing you could do because even in the destruction of him, you were fulfilling his aims, which is true. That's a big part of the Joker character. I'm glad he gets the shame is his. The Joker won't appear in maybe any of his films. I heard a rumor that he he wants to cast Johnny Depp as the Joker. I could see that, uh, but yeah, lots of people are like no. But I think that would be great. Personally, he's a good act. He's a good actor, but he's not been in any good film. Like, yeah, he's well, given, I, don't know. I don't know. It's it's always funny, isn't it? Like he's he's such a diverse actor, and he can do so many. He has such a weird mind. I think the Joker. He can play a, a chameleon in Rango. <laughs> oh yeah, Rango. He's played a the owner of a chocolate factory, a chame a chameleon, a man with scissors for hands. Um, like he's played a pirate, a, a pirate. Yeah, because I don't think they'll put the Joker in any of his films. Just just because of the success of the Joker film with Joaquin Phoenix, mm. you know, and made, made by Todd Phillips. And that's probably, that's definitely getting a sequel. I can yeah. see it now. And they're going to kick that dead horse until, you know, 
but he, he seems to get the Batman and the Joker dynamic, the dynamic between the different villains. He said, he also said, I just felt like, well, what I'd love to do is to get a version of the, of a Batman character where he's not yet fully formed when there's something to do in this context with that, with who that guy would be in this world today and to ground him in all of these broken ways. Because at the end of the day, this guy is going to do all of this to deal with trauma in his past. So, yeah, I definitely want to see more villains. Yeah. It'll be good to have a decent like rogues gallery in a Batman film for once, because it's always about one villain or two villains. It's always like and Batman's it's always the Joker. You know, or it's always yeah. you know Bane. It's always the Joker. Like, it's always the Joker, isn't it? Yeah. I want to see like the Mad Hatter or you know, Scarecrow or something like that. That'd be amazing, I think. Yeah. I'd, they could do a Scarecrow thing similar to Mysterio with the kind of trippy weird sequences or even the Mad yeah, Hatter. from Farmer Home. That'd be good. Yeah. But I feel like this Batman is going to be maybe a less morally sound Batman. He, he says he's still finding who he is. He's still finding I his morals. I think it'll be a bit more, um, oh, what's the word? Um, Gritty. It'll be grounded, but it'll still be. But not Zack Snyder grounded. No, no, I mean, you mean Nolan grounded? Well, I mean, like, Zack Snyder was like, Batman was so dark, and he was so, uh, I'm going to kill things, which is an interpretation. I don't mind I think it. it'll be uh, similar to um, John Wick, maybe. Yeah. Like, because John Wick is still fantastical and not definitely not realistic, but it's still quite grounded. Like, there's, defin- there's definite rules to everything. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, doubt, I doubt we'll have... Rob Pattinson's Batman going to the moon with Superman. Mm. So, all right, next news. Final little bit of news I've got here. Yeah. Is we're covering all the bases today DC, Marvel, and Star Wars. Um, Diego Luna has been talking about the new Cassian Andor TV series for Disney Plus, which they announced with the Mandalorian and then said literally nothing about it. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, the only people confirmed are Luna and Tunic. So, and it took about, it took like another year for them to confirm. Yeah. Alan, what is it? Alan, Alan, Alan Tudic. Yeah. He played the Joker recently. In in an animated show. Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn TV show. I watched a clip from that. It actually looks really good. It's like a, it's like a family guy for DC. It's like got swearing. And yeah, it is. It's supposed to be just like, I don't know. It's supposed to be good. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but it looks good. Um, he said, he said he sounds pretty pumped about the series. Uh, and he credited much of his great experience in the film. So the practical sets, well, the film Rogue One, when he was doing Rogue One, he said practical sets created a tangible fantasy world. He loved getting lost in and playing around in. So, Hey, that's where that screen technology comes in. We can get yeah, Diego fully I think, immersed. I think these, um, these, uh, the shows they're doing, I think they lend themselves well to this, um, LED mm. screen stuff because yeah, they're a bit they're slower, all, a bit, all more. the premises are slow, like quite methodical, maybe like a methodical, planet per episode, like a planet per, yeah. It's not like you go to the same setting every week. It having a LED screen is useful because you can. Say so this week we're going to this planet, Jakku, Tatooine, they're the same. Uh, <laughs> Mustafar, Endor, you know, you can go to these or brand new ones. How about we have some new ones that aren't just desert planets? Like a, I don't know, a, a, a crystal planet. Like a Christophsis. 
Is that? Oh yeah, from the Clone Wars. From the Clone Wars. Hey, that would be cool in live action. I want to see that now. Well, they're, they're bringing they're bringing every other animated character to the Mandalorian. Apparently, if you believe these yeah. rumors, so Ahsoka, Iden Versio. Does she count as animated Iden Versio? Kind well, of. she's from a game. Um, yeah. So he said. He said um, going into a prequel series creates a challenge. The fans know the ending of the story already, so they can't lean on a big reveal to save them. So it's true. We know how Cassian's story ends. We know where he ends up. We know how K to we know how to K to S That's why I love the Mandalorian because it's completely unknown. It's so a new territory, yeah. Unless they show Luke, which I doubt. I doubt we'll do that. Maybe they'll get Mark Hamill in there and do a bit of facial de aging or something. Well, they did that, like in a. They did that yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, he said, "I can't really talk about it about the show." He said, the thing is, the thing I can tell you, which is useful, it's always useful, gosh dang NDAs, the thing I can tell you is it's a nice challenge and it's a great way to approach a show, but what happens when you already know the ending? Then it becomes about the story. Everything is in what you, in, is in how you tell the story and how many different layers you can find. This can't be a show now where at the end we surprise you with like, oh, it wasn't him or we've already, because, well, we've already seen the ending. It was a clone. Yeah, it wasn't him. Well, he's dead. Oh my God. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, he continued. If you think about it, Rogue One started with the same task. The last scene of Rogue One is a scene we all know. It makes another part of your brain work as a storyteller. You can't use the same formulas for storytelling. You've known all your life with this because it's very different. The big thing is now we start with a character that people already know what he's ca- a character that people already know what he's capable of. So yeah, it sounds interesting. It sounds like they're taking a a new weird direction with it. They're taking a bit. They're taking a bit more of a risk. Taking, which I hope yeah, they, I hope they do. Come on, fingers they're, crossed. They want to. It looks like they tried to find ways to make it interesting because it'll be very hard because we know where it where this what this is all building up to. Yeah, and hopefully it'll increase the the rewatch the the watchability of Rogue One because it was a good movie, but the it's characters fun. to me. It's fun, but the character development just wasn't there. And it, and you can't do that in a two-hour movie. It should have been a TV series, but anyway. it should. Have, I don't know if it should have been a TV series, but I think, I think I maybe mean, if they lowered the cast size. Then yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, spoilers. I mean, like, it's a movie where all the main characters die and not a single person cares. Like, I, don't, I don't know anyone who cared about those maybe, characters. Maybe like a five-year-old. I mean, that's not, that's not saying much, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, the structure was there. The ending was great, but it, it didn't lend, the format didn't lend itself to a to a two hour movie. Nah, yeah. Anyway, I think that's uh, the end of the podcast. That's it. Oh, one. we we got a little bit of happiness to sh- spread though, because oh, we yeah. got a little video of Anthony Hopkins, oh, the Hopmeister, the the big hop. I don't know Tony Hopkins, the repping. Really, really, just like we just love him. Just being, a, just being a great guy. We yes. Again, we'll do a whole episode on Anthony Hopkins and how great he is. Maybe don't 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 quote us on that. But he's a uh, he uploaded a little video on Twitter and he it was just it was just perfect. <laughs> just perfect. He has loads of videos on Twitter, so just check it out. Where he's just he's, he's just rambling. I watched one this morning and it was him. He was just filming this guy who was asleep 
I don't know if he staged it, but he was like, this is my new assistant. My cat would be a better assistant. And then the video just ends. It's like, <laughs> I think this is what would happen if my granddad learned how to use the, the video <laughs> camera. Great. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, in this video, he sat in a Hawaiian shirt, just like, hi, everybody. What, he says like, hi, everybody, keep safe. And then that was it. <laughs> then it's great. Beat. It's brilliant. Oh, anyway. A, a, a jovial note in these troubled times at the end of our first ever episode. Please bear with us. Thank you for what listening. I keep saying watching. I don't know why. Be sure to interact with us. Leave reviews. If, if anyone's watching, listening, leave a review. Listening. Leave should. a rating on, on your relevant podcast platform and, and we, we might read them. We might read them. Constructive criticism is always welcome. Any interactions, we'll, we'll give you a little shout out. So do that. Give us good reviews. Help us grow, because if we grow, it gets better. And it can only go up from here. Yeah, because we've, <laughs> we've probably left out uh, like the mo- one of the most key parts of The Godfather, like completely. We just completely forgot about it, and people are going to be You know what? Like, I, probably, I probably forgot to hit record or yeah, something. We're, just, we're just talking to ourselves for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we told ourselves an hour and a half would be the maximum. Anyway, thank you for listening. Yeah. And we'll, next week, of course, we'll have more rants, more news. So, yeah. Adios. And that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget that episodes are available pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you name it. Be sure to share this episode, tell your friends, and maybe even leave us a review. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HollywoodPod, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Taking on Hollywood and you'll find us. You can also follow me at RealNameFake on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Flavor Day Film Club, if you want to check out my short films. Really appreciate it if you check it out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you guys will join us next Friday for another edition of Taking on Hollywood. Please, we need the money. We need the money. Please, send money. Anyway, bye. See ya.